Chapter 206 of Varney the Vampire, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Varney the Vampire, Volume 3 by Thomas Prescott Prest. Chapter 206 The Sight of Terror, The Doctor's Suspicions, The Night Watch. The sight that met the eyes of the father in his daughter's chamber was, indeed, one calculated in every respect to strike him with horror and misery. Emma was lying insensible at the side of the bed, and Clara seemed to be dead, for she was ghastly pale, and there was blood upon her neck. The father staggered to a seat, but Dr. North at once rushed forward, and held the light to the eyes of Clara, at the same time that he placed his finger on her wrist, to note if there was any pulsation. "'Only a fainting fit,' he said. "'But the blood, the, the blood!' cried Sir George. "'That I know nothing about just at present, but let us see what's the matter here.' He raised Emma from the floor, and found that she too had fainted, but as she appeared to be perfectly uninjured. She slightly recovered as he lifted her up, and he resigned her at once to the care of some of the female servants, who now made their appearance in the chamber, all terribly alarmed at the shriek that had awakened them. "'This is strange,' said Dr. North. "'Here is a small puncture upon the throat of your daughter Clara, that almost looks like the mark of a tooth.' "'A tooth!' "'Yes, but of course that cannot be.' "'Hear me! Oh, hear me!' cried Emma at this moment. "'Horror! Horror!' "'What would you say? Speak at once, and clear up this mystery if you can. What has happened?' "'I heard a noise, and came from my own chamber to this. There was someone bending over the bed. T'was I who shrieked.' "'You?' "'Yes, oh, yes, t'was I. I know not what then happened, for I either fell or was struck down, and I felt that my senses left me. What has happened? I too ask.' Oh, Clara, what was it, what was it? Imagination, most likely, said the doctor. You had better go to your room again, Miss Emma, for you are trembling with cold and apprehension. Perhaps in the morning all this affair will assume a different shape. At present we are all too much flurried to take proper cognizance of it. There, your sister is rapidly recovering. How do you feel now, Miss Clara? I, I, am mad. Oh, foe, foe, nonsense. Oh, God, help me, how horrifying, how more than dreadful, that awful face, those hideous teeth. I am mad, I am mad. Why, my dear child, you will drive me mad, cried Sir George, if you talk in such a strain. Oh, let me beg of you not. Don't heed her, said Dr. North. This will soon pass away. Come, Miss Clara, you must tell me freely, as your medical man, what has happened. Let us hear the full particulars, and then you know well that if any human means can aid you, you shall be aided. This calm mode of discourse had evidently a great effect upon her, and after the silence of a few moments, she spoke much more collectedly than before, saying, Oh, no, no, I cannot think it was a dream. What a dream! You, you shall hear, but do not drag me from my home and from all I love if I am mad. I pray you do not, I implore you. 
you are quite safe. Why, what a ridiculous girl you are, to be sure. Nobody wants to drag you from your home, and nobody will attempt such a thing, I assure you. You have only to tell us all unreservedly, and you will then be quite safe. If you refuse us your confidence, how can we act for you in any way? This argument seemed to be effective, and to reach her understanding quite, so that after a shudder and a glance around her of great dread and dismay, she spoke, saying in a low, faltering voice, Something came, something not quite human, yet having the aspect of a man, something that flew at me and fastened its teeth upon my neck. Teeth! Everybody says teeth! exclaimed the father. Hush! said the doctor, with an admonitory wave of his hand. Keep that a secret from her, whatever you do. I implore you, keep quiet on that head. Well, is that all, Clara? Yes, yes. Then it was a dream, and nothing else, I can assure you. Nothing but a dream. Make yourself comfortable, and think no more of it. I dare say you will have a quiet sleep now, after this. But you had better let your sister Emma lay with you, as your nerves are a little shattered. Oh, yes, yes. Emma, who, truth to tell, was very little better than her sister, professed her readiness to stay, and the doctor giving Sir George a nod, as much to say, let no more be said about it just now, led the way from the room at once. When he reached the corridor, where Varney and the two sons were waiting, he said, We shall none of us after this, I am certain, feel inclined to sleep. Suppose we go downstairs at once, and think and talk this matter over together. There is more in it, perhaps, than meets the eye. I will follow you in a moment, when I have just seen that my patient is all right. They all proceeded downstairs to the dining-room, and in a few minutes the doctor followed. Lights were procured, and they sat down, all looking at the doctor who had taken the lead in the affair, and who evidently had some very disagreeable, if not very true, ideas upon the subject matter of the evening's disturbance. "'Well, doctor,' said Sir George, "'we rely upon you to give us your opinion upon this business, and some insight into its meaning.' "'In the first place, then,' said the doctor, "'I don't understand it.' "'Well, that's coming to the point.' "'Stop a bit. It was no dream.' "'You think not.' Certainly not a dream. Two people don't dream of the same thing at the same time. I don't, of course, deny the possibility of such a thing, but it is too remarkable a coincidence to believe all at once. But Emma avows that she saw a somebody in her sister's room. Ah, said Sir George, she did. I had in my confusion forgotten that horrible confirmation of Clara's story. She did so, and before Clara was well recovered, too, so that she could not have put the idea into her head. Good God, what am I to think? For the love of heaven, some of you tell me what are your opinions upon this horrible affair, which looks so romantically unreal, and yet so horribly real. All except the doctor looked at each other in surprise. Well, he said, I will tell you what the thing suggests, not what it is, mind you, for the affair to me is too out of the way of natural causes, to induce me to come to a positive conclusion. Before I speak, however, I should like to have your opinion, Mr. Smith. I am convinced it will be valuable. Really, I have formed none, replied Varney. 
I am only exceedingly surprised that somebody should have fastened me in my bedroom. I know that that circumstance gave me a terrible fright, for when I heard all the outcry and confusion, I thought the house was on fire. Ah, the locking of us in our rooms, too, said the doctor. There's another bit of reality. Who did that? It puzzles me beyond all comprehension, said Sir George. How the doors could be locked I cannot imagine, for as I told you, the keys are in a drawer in my library. At all events, the doors could not lock themselves with or without keys, said Charles, and that circumstance shows sufficiently evidently that someone has been at work in the business whom we have still to discover. True, said Mr. Smith. Well, gentlemen, added the doctor, I will tell you what I suggest, and that is contained in a letter written a long while ago by a distant relation of mine, likewise a surgeon. Mind, I do not of course pledge myself at the present time, for the truth and accuracy of a man who was dead long before I was born. He might too have been a very superstitious man. But what did he suggest? He did more than suggest. He wrote for a medical publication of that day an account, only of course suppressing names, of the appearance of a vampire. A what? A vampire? I have heard of such horrors, said Mr. Smith, but really at the present day no one can think of believing such things. Vampires indeed. No, that is too great a claim upon one's credulity. These existences, or supposed existences, have gone the same way as the ghosts, and so on. One would think so, but you shall hear. Sir George Crofton and his sons looked curious, and thought that the doctor was going to draw upon his memory in the matter to which he alluded, but he took from his pocket a memorandum book, and from it extracted some printed papers. The communication was so curious, he said, that I cut it out of the old volume in which it appeared, and kept it ever since. Pray, said Mr. Smith, what was the name of your distant relation, the medical man? Chillingworth. Oh, indeed, an odd name, rather. I don't recollect ever hearing of it. No, sir, it is not likely you should. Dr. Chillingworth has been dead many years, and no one else of his name is at present in the medical profession, to my knowledge. But you shall hear, at all events, what he says about it. The doctor then opened the folded paper and read as follows. Notwithstanding the incredulity that has been shown regarding vampires, I am in a condition from my own knowledge to own the existence of one. I think he is dead now. His name was Varney, at least that was the name he went by, and he came strangely enough under my observation, in connection with some dear friends of mine named B. Is that all? said Mr. Smith. Not quite, replied Dr. North. He goes on to say that but for touching the feeling of living persons, he could and would unfold some curious particulars respecting vampires, and that if he lived long enough, he would perhaps do so, by which I suppose he meant if he outlived the parties whose feelings he was afraid of hurting by any premature disclosures. And, and, faltered Sir George, do you draw a conclusion from all that, that my daughter has been visited by one of these persons? Surely not. Maybe, Sir George, I draw no conclusions at all. I merely throw out the matter for your consideration. It is always worth while considering these matters in every possible aspect. That is all. 
A most horrible aspect, said Sir George. Truly dreadful, said Mr. Smith. This shall be settled, said Charles. Edwin and I will take upon ourselves tomorrow night to set this question completely at rest. At this moment there was a loud cry of, Help! 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 in the voice of Emma, and they all rushed upstairs with great speed. Oh, this way, this way, she cried, meeting them at the head of the stairs. Come to Clara. They followed her, and when they reached the room, they found to their horror and surprise that Clara was dead. End of chapter 206